Welcome to the Family Beacon Podcast from Minnesota Family Council with hosts Grace Evans and Moses Bratrude. Stay informed on the top stories on life, family, and religious freedom. Get the facts, stand for truth. Hello and welcome to the Family Beacon Podcast from Minnesota Family Council. I'm Moses Bratrude. This is Grace Evans, and we are back for season three. Oh, yeah! Woo! We are so pumped to be back, guys. Originally, we were thinking, okay, we're going to wait, wait until the first week of February to restart. We are going to have a whole new podcasting setup, et cetera, et cetera. But there has just been so much crazy stuff happening in the Minnesota legislature right now. We are fighting for life, family, and religious freedom every single day at the Capitol. And there's so much to update you on, and we have to give you the facts right now so you can stand for truth. Absolutely. I was I was literally going to say that. Sorry, sorry. Stealing your thunder. work in that tagline. <laughs> so many facts, guys. Uh, so we're going to keep it simple, yep. though. Uh, and also keep it quick because there's we could we could just go on there's and a on. lot happening yeah so let me back up for a second mm-hmm. though because i want to say we're really excited that to be in our new office that's right uh new studio um more it's gonna it's gonna just get better and better i hope the audio and video is fine uh, in terms of quality guys but we're always working on improving that um so now we're going to talk about a couple uh, pieces of legislation, a couple bills that are working their way through the Minnesota legislature today. It is fast and furious this year. Yeah, uh, it, it, absolutely. And um, and the reason that um, the that it's like uh, the threat level is very high right now is because of the word that people use is trifecta. Mm-hmm. So um, in previous years, uh, one party controlled the Senate, another party controlled the House, but now the Democrats, the DFL, control the governor's mansion, the House, and the Senate. So that gives them a lot of power to push through legislation that doesn't really um, uh, match the interest of Minnesotans. No, it doesn't protect life, family, or religious freedom. Yeah, certainly it doesn't so, do those things. So, so we're going to walk you through a couple pieces of legislation, and these are some of the uh, some of the worst bills we've seen um, in in my time at Minnesota Family Council. Yep. I'm starting my fifth year here, mm-hmm. um, and also, unfortunately, some I think of I'm the, right behind you, boss, on that. I'm yeah. almost yeah, almost five years. Some of the worst bills that also have a good chance of passage. So that is what we're really worried about today. In fact, by the time you hear this, uh, the Pro Act is going to be voted on today. That's yep. January 19th. That's going to be voted on uh, this afternoon in the House. It could a have a very vote. lethal bill. Yeah, a very lethal bill. Grace is going to talk about that. So I'm sorry, I'm really talking quickly today. And that is because we just need to we just need to. Uh, focus on what's happening and and really got, keep you guys informed. We have a lot of adrenaline going because actually right after this, guys, we, we're we right next to the Capitol now in our new office. We are literally going to walk over to the Capitol and run some peaceful interference with this radical bill that yeah. the legislators are going to be debating. Yeah. Um, our, our, our fellow, uh, our MFC fellows are there as we speak, mm-hmm. uh, working, yes. uh, working and praying with legislators, helping to uh, helping to run the resistance for this lethal bill, which is called the Protect Reproductive, Reproductive Options Act. And one one thing I think that people need to know, Grace, is that this is HF1 and SF1. Yes, that I was going to bring was, that up. It, that means it was the first bill introduced this session yes. in both the Minnesota this House was, and Senate. This was the number one priority. Yeah. Their number one priority, you guys, was to kill babies. So let's, let's break it down. Yeah. So this is, again, the PRO Act in brief, but it is called the Productive Protect Reproductive Options Act. And of course, it's very deceptively named. This is just a euphemism. As we know, it does nothing to do, it does not protect reproductive options or whatever. It is not about healthcare. It is not about those things. What it is about is it's about murder. What this bill would do if it was passed is it would codify the right to abortion through all nine months of pregnancy. And Moses, that would be right up to the moment of birth, right up to the moment of birth. So 
There is no respect for the baby's development or health or the safety of the pregnant mother found within this bill. It is a terrible bill for so many reasons. It is so radical, so lethal, and we we are fighting hard against it. Like you said, the Church Ambassador Network team is down there at the Capitol right now praying with legislators. Um, our assistant, no, our acting director of public policy, Becca Delahunt, is there right now as we speak as well, um, just doing doing her doing her job so well. And we we have a lot of concerns with this bill, but the major concern is that it would legalize abortion up to life birth and that is being voted on today there's a floor session happening in like three hours right moses three hours and uh we are doing everything in our power to stop it from passing that's right and um so i I think a little bit of context let's think about what's Mm -hmm. happened in the last year so in the last year first of all we had the dobbs v jackson decision so that overturned roe v wade right in front of its 50th anniversary which is actually uh, tomorrow or within a couple days is the 50th anniversary of Roe v. Wade. But we don't have to worry about that anymore because Dobbs v. Jackson overturned that bill or overturned that decision. But now in Minnesota and in, unfortunately in other states across the country, progressive legislators are trying to say, okay, whoa, we don't have uh, the protection of Roe v. Wade now. We need to make sure that abortion is legal under state statute uh, because we've seen the case in like Wisconsin where they had an abortion ban from like the 18, from the 19th century, and it was still on the books. And so when Roe v. Wade was overturned, abortion autom- automatically became illegal in Wisconsin. Now, unfortunately, I think abortions are still being done there, but uh, they, they had that starting place. So now in Minnesota, progressive legislators are scrambling, now that they have control of the state government, to pass bills like the PRO Act. So uh, Grace has talked about, uh, uh, talked about the PRO Act mm-hmm. uh, a little bit, but the PRO Act is actually really short. Uh, yep. It really does just create that so-called right to reproductive health care. Up to the moment of live birth. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and, and by doing so, it, it, um, it, it actually has, to, it has a companion bill, uh, which, which we call the how-to uh, of the PRO Act, or mm-hmm. the infanticide the bill. The infanticide bill. And this, if, you're, if you want to Google this, it's HF91 or SF70. Uh, and this is, uh, and first of all, we'll, we'll have this in the notes. So uh, Minnesota Family Council and True North Legal are fighting hard. We've been in every committee hearing mm-hmm. uh, for these bills. We've been testifying against these. We've been bringing other people to testify, attorneys, yep. moms, people who have the, uh, who can speak to this, who can help legislators. We have been spearheading the resistance, I would say. We've been coordinating. Along with our, along with our ally groups. Yes, absolutely. And so, yeah, just this is a terrible bill. Moses is going to break it down for you guys. Yeah, so, so um, the nuts and bolts of, of this bill, essentially, uh, a couple things that it does. First of all, uh, taxpayer funding of abortion. Now, mm-hmm. I want to say at the beginning, this is something that at least 60% of Americans disapprove of. And the numbers are similar for Minnesotans. It's not like a majority of Minnesotans is out there clamoring to be able to pay for abortions. That's just not the case. In fact, people generally oppose this. Whatever their views are on abortion, right? They don't want to have to pay for it. They don't think taxpayers should be doing that. Mm-hmm. So currently under Minnesota law, um, for very poor women who are receiving medical assistance yep. uh, payments from the state, uh, abortions can be paid for in the case of rape, incest, or when the life of the mother is in danger. But now this will expand to elective abortion, abortion on demand for uh, women who are receiving Medicaid slash medical assistance. So this is really, uh, that's really frightening. It's a massive expansion of the abortion state. It, excuse me, it really is going to encourage women to come here. 
last season we talked about the the, the risk of a mm-hmm. Minnesota becoming an abortion mecca, uh, mm-hmm. a place. Abortion a place, destination. An abortion destination where people are coming from out of state. And that's going to happen. Be- that's going to happen right now with this bill because it, it even could be, uh, it could even now be paid for with taxpayer dollars. Also, what we see HF91 do is it basically guts, obliterates almost all Minnesota pro-life laws, including especially the um, uh, parental notification where a mm-hmm. minor a minor girl has to notify both parents uh, uh, in order to get an abortion or uh, get a court order uh, that would uh, uh, vacate that requirement. But this would this would take that away completely. So we uh, we could have a situation where uh, we're actually abusers. Uh, are taking young girls to get abortions. And the parents have no knowledge. And the parents have no knowledge. We could even see that being done by school workers or social workers. And Planned Parenthood's track record on this and other abortion providers is absolutely devastating and terrible. I mean, they have covered up for people that they have believed to be sex traffickers before. And so we know Planned Parenthood is not out to help vulnerable girls. What they are out for is money. And unfortunately, abusers will give money to Planned Parenthood if they are trying to get an abortion for a child that they have abused. So and, that, and, you know, I, that reminded me, Grace, of a picture I saw, you know, let's not pretend that, that, that Planned Parenthood and other abortion providers are just going to sit by. Like they, no. they feel that they, um, that they did a lot to help, uh, Democrats get elected, uh, and, and win majorities. And because they feel that they're ready to collect. They're oh. coming to collect. So I yep. was shown a picture yesterday. Um, I won't give more details, but it was a picture of three Planned Parenthood reps sitting in on a legislative hearing, and in Minnesota, right? Like, was it like, here? Y- yeah, like wow. yesterday wow. or a couple days ago, and they're like, I they're they're seated so that they're looking directly at the committee chair. This wow, committee. smiling um, evilly, probably. Yeah, and, and yeah. They're, they're taking notes. They're, if, they're if ready they, to line they, their pockets with see, money. You know, and, and, you know, just like everyone else, Democrats have questions about abortion. They have moral hesitations about it. But Planned Parenthood is there. Planned Parenthood is watching. Mm-hmm. And they give so much money to candidates. So essentially yeah. we're, what we're seeing is that Democrats, some of them, are afraid to vote for their conscience for the protection of life because Planned Parenthood is taking notes and Planned Parenthood will come. They've even testified. They've had some of their key figures testify on this bill being like, oh, this is such a great, this is for women's empowerment and yada, yada, yada. No, actually this fails to empower women. It actually, there's so many terrible loopholes with these kinds of bills that just utterly, I mean, can you imagine every, this is the bottom line, every single underage girl in Minnesota deserves to be protected by our laws from potential rapists, abusers, et cetera. Absolutely. Every girl deserves that. That's the bare minimum. Um, and so the fact that Planned Parenthood will sit over here and, and other abortion providers will pretend to be pro-woman while being so eager and so ready to cover up terrible abuse, it's devastating. Um, I wanted to talk, though, before I mm-hmm. get too off track, about the worst thing that HF91 yes, slash do. does, and that is it legalizes infanticide. So yep. let's let's be clear about what we're talking about. It repeals the Born Alive Infant Protection Act. So that means when you have a child who's born alive during an abortion. And it's a failed abortion. Uh, yeah. So that, so, and this happens. Mm-hmm. This happened at least five, five times, times in last 2021. Five times last year. Yes. Um, based on uh, data... Uh, released by the State Department of Health. So this is not some right-wing group that's trying to say, you know, uh, abortions uh, are ending with babies alive all the time. It happens. Mm -hmm. It happens in Minnesota. It happened five times in 2021. Now, what do you want to happen in that scenario? I'm asking you. Let's, uh, Let's say that I'm asking you, the audience. Do you want... 
doctors, nurses to have to extend every possible medical life-saving care so that a baby, and again, we're talking about oftentimes when a baby's born alive, we're talking about late-term abortions. Mm -hmm. So these babies Mm -hmm. are viable outside the womb. Absolutely. um, They probably need help to breathe. They probably need uh, life-saving. It's talking about leaving that child on a cold sterilization table and letting that child die, doing nothing to save that child's life. this, This bill takes away that requirement. Physicians, nurses, they don't have to do any sink, stinking thing when a baby is born. Which goes directly against the Hippocratic Oath. Yeah, so so we're essentially, you know, what well, we think that medical people, medical practitioners should be trained that anybody, anybody on the table is a patient. The woman is a patient. The child is a patient. That's, of course, how it works in obstetrics and gynecology. But that's not how it's going to work now under this new abortion regime if the PRO Act Which, and uh, its companion bill, the How To Act, are signed into law. So get ready. And, and w- w- when you say infanticide, we're not saying that doctors are going to be going around killing babies with a long knife. It, what it means is when an abortion it, it fails and when a baby is born alive, the doctors will be able to let that baby die, mm-hmm. which is murder, which is infanticide. So in one hospital room of the same hospital, this is what could be happening. In one hospital room, we can have a pregnant mother and, a, and her husband who are so excited to have their child. And that child is born and the doctors do everything possible to make sure that child has the best, the best entrance into this world and then is if there's trouble breathing if that child has trouble breathing they'll resuscitate that child they will do everything in their power to let that child live while in the room next door in the same exact hospital doctors can actually be doing the exact opposite they can be sitting back and and letting a child just sit on a cold table and die in front of their eyes that that can happen in, in a hospital wing the same exact hospital it, under it's, this it's just bill. a ghoulish a ghoulish thing so a, a couple so, other things is that um, now I've been told that um, that uh, animals, um, you know, mm-hmm. have more protections under Minnesota law. That's what Renee than Carlson, children. yeah, of yeah, legal is, said. Yeah, and I don't want to I don't want to go too into the weeds because I don't want to say anything that's not true. But I I've certainly heard our, our attorney Renee Carlson. She's been very clear. Animal cruelty uh, is is very serious. It can be up to a felony. It can even result in prison time. Um, that's that's for treatment of animals, mm-hmm. but if you but when you have a child in the womb who is undisputably human, but whatever is done to that child, there's essentially nothing that can be done to that child, um, other than a violent attack on a woman who's pregnant. Now that will still potentially, if that causes the death of a baby, that could still under Minnesota law be treated as a homicide, right? So this is a complete double standard. So I, that, yeah. yeah, this is this is why I have such a problem with it. It's under the, these bills, these two companion bills, it would just enable certain children to be seen as worthy of life and other children to be seen as unworthy of life based on their level of wantedness, completely yeah. arbitrarily based on, oh, does your mom want you? Yeah. Does your mom want you? If so, your your life is worth so much. And if not, your worth your life is worth nothing. Absolutely. That's what this bill says. Absolutely. So these, these bills, uh, as we've said, the PRO Act is going to have a House vote this afternoon, January 19th. We're expecting a vote in the Senate soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are really hopeful. We're praying that either in one or both houses this bill is defeated because it has to pass both houses to get to the governor's desk. Uh, and we're, we're, we're praying in the same way for HF91, the companion bill. 
However, there are other concerning bills uh, that are coming up uh, that are that are that are coming up through the hearing process and that could uh, see votes on the House floor and the Senate floor soon. So we want to briefly talk about uh, a couple of those bills, including one that's called the kidnapping bill. Yeah, which, can you talk about that? Yeah, let's briefly break these down for you guys, and then we're going to talk about a few wins we've seen too, because we want to leave on a positive note. Absolutely. Um, but here's here's some crazy stuff that's coming down the pipe on gender and sexuality here here in Minnesota. Uh, the kidnapping bill, which is HF 146 or Senate File 63, this bill would allow, um, it would it would take custody from parents slash guardians when gender-affirming care is denied to their minor son or daughter. So gender-affirming care would include puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and potentially sex mutilation surgeries. So pretty graphic, pretty pretty terrible, but what this would do, is we're calling it the kidnapping bill because it would kidnap children from their parents if parents disagree that their child should literally have their body mutilated. If they disagree with that, under this bill, a child would be taken out of custody of their parents mm-hmm. just because their parents who always have, who, who, which good parents, good parents always have the best, the best regard for their child. They, they are always seeking to to serve their child and to protect their child. And so what this bill would, would do is it would strip parental rights away from parents that are seeking to protect their children from irreversible damage. Heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Truly heartbreaking. That's the kidnapping bill, guys. I just saw a story today, Grace. I, sh- I sh- forwarded it to you. Um, so this is from The Federalist. And and I, I don't think we'll get in depth of this. Maybe we will uh, at a later date. But the the, the title is Virginia Teen Sex Trafficked Twice After School Hides Gender Identity from Her Parents. Uh, so the the um, uh, the subtitle here, and this is insane, this is exactly what this bill would do. After this 14-year-old was found being sexually assaulted in another state, a judge kept her from her loving parents because they questioned her transgender identity. Then she was trafficked Is this again. Chloe Cole? Uh, no, this is a completely Sorry. new okay. story okay. out of Virginia. Wow. So this is this is we're talking about a girl who was 14, who is now 15. We're talking about a girl who who identified as transgender, whose parents did not accept that, who was taken away from her from her parents by the state, and that that uh, that lack of control and custody allowed her to be sex trafficked not once but twice. Thankfully, she's now back home with her parents, and also she is once more identifying as a girl, mm-hmm. uh, the way God created her. And I just think, so first of all, what a horrible story. No one should go through that. The court actively, uh, the court and the schools were actively complicit in the child being taken away from her parents mm-hmm. and actively complicit in the fact that she was then victimized. And, you know, I just have to take a moment to calm down because, like, as a parent, as a dad, oh yeah, the idea that the state could take away custody from my children when I love them, when I'm not doing anything wrong, Mm-mm. but just because of the state disagrees with right. my views on uh, on the Bible and sexu- on human it, sexuality, it opens the floodgates because yeah. it's. It, I mean, what's next then? If this passes, then well, what if you're teaching your child about the Bible and your child disagrees with the Bible? So then the state says, "Oh, this is child abuse," because you know it's just it opens the floodgates absolutely. for things like that with religious freedom. Yeah, it absolutely does. So it, it does. And a couple yeah. other con- uh, concerning bills. First mm-hmm. of all, conversion therapy ban bill. Now, you may, we've talked about this before on the podcast. I won't belabor the point now. Uh, last year, um, was it last year or was it 2021? Governor Walls issued an executive order, which was called a conversion therapy ban at the time. But in fact, um, uh, 
this bill would take it much further. Uh, this ban, uh, this bill, and this is F SF23, HF16, if you want to look this up, read the text of the bill, it would ban mental health professionals from helping minors and vulnerable adults as they struggle with sexual and or gender identity. So remember, we're not talking about any type of coercion here. We're talking about when, we're talking about patients, uh, desirees, wanting to get counseling and not being able to mm -hmm. because the state is determining that they can't have a goal. If you are a, a young man and you are you are dealing with sexual attraction to members of your own sex and you don't want it to be that way, then the state's saying, no, you absolutely cannot, uh, cannot go to a counselor who wants to help you meet those goals. And if you do, we might take away that counselor's license. It's like progressives are saying, follow your heart, except when your heart is telling you to do what's actually right. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, and, 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 and moreover, and possibly more commonly, we're going to see this with, with teens who are questioning their gender identity. And nobody, if nobody is going to start, nobody is going to be able to tell you, no professional is going to be able to tell your teen, well, hold up, let's, let's take a break from this. Let's, let's, let's start moving backwards. Let's talk about your goals. Your goal is to live in conformity with uh, the body that you've been given, uh, with the attractions that you've been created with. Let's, let's have that as our goal. No, a counselor, a, a, a mental health professional will only be able to affirm your goals if they uh, align with the, with the state's um, desire that any I, any teen who identify who one who at one point says I'm transgender is put on a path on on a almost like a the way that cattle are processed and they, they're in a feedlot and they're, they're tunneled into a chute and then that chute goes into the into the um, into the the place where the butchery Talk is done. Talk about government overreach. Yeah. So what we're talking really? we're talking about making sure that kids are never hearing from a professional. No, there's another way. You don't have to identify as transgender. Mm -hmm. Because in many cases, like the story in Virginia that we just heard of, yeah. it was th this girl was troubled, but she was not. And, 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 and currently, after about a year, no longer identifies as transgender. But we're talking about mandating that when she goes to a mental health professional, right. she's receiving saying, no, no, keep going, keep going, take right. the puberty blockers, right. take the puberty blockers, get the chest binder. Right. And, then, and then you know what? You're, you're getting to the age of 15. Let's start talking about quote unquote gender reassignment surgery. Let's talk about permanent sterilization. It's insane. It, it really is. This bill would mandate a terrible, terrible worldview. It would mandate, genuinely, this mandates the manipulation of children. That's what I'm going to say it does. It mandates it. Terrible bill. Yeah. We'll be fighting it. <laughs> Yes. Next bill, comprehensive sex education. Should I walk us through this one or should yeah, you? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so this is HF 174. Uh, we've talked about sex comprehensive sex education or CSE on the podcast before. Won't belabor the point too much due to that. This bill mandates schools to teach children about the spectrum, quote unquote, of sexuality. So like the the ginger, the gender red person, the what's it called? What's the unicorn the one? Gender unicorn, the gender yeah. unicorn. You guys have all, probably all seen it. So like it, unicorns, gender doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> That's my take on that. <laughs> so basically, CSE exposes children to gender identity, and it trains them to think in terms of stereotypes. So if a girl feels like she doesn't fit the stereotype of a girl, then CSE would encourage her to wonder whether her gender identity that she was assigned to at birth was actually wrong and incorrect. Yeah, and this is starting um, in kindergarten, guys. Like right. The, the right. concepts of gender identity are introduced at the kindergarten level. I've seen the curriculum where that has this in it. It's just, yeah. I'm not making no. this up. We've talked about this on the podcast before. It's yeah. children are so malleable. They are 
they are so innocent and they they deserve to be taught the truth about their bodies they just every every child in minnesota deserves to be told you were born on the right body every child deserves that and this comprehensive sex education would totally do the opposite um and, and imagine this hand in hand with the so-called conversion be, conversion therapy ban bill I mean, envision yeah. those two hand in hand. That's what yeah. I want our audience to do. Those two. Plus the kidnapping bill. Plus the kidnapping. Oh, absolutely. Plus the kidnapping bill. All of these together. Uh, trifecta again, like you kind of say. It's another another kind of trifecta. Yeah. It's just like a boom. And Creating so, the trans pipeline. At, starting in kindergarten, we introduced them to the concept of gender identity. Um, with the conversion therapy ban, so-called, we prohibit them from hearing from professionals any any um, any uh, view on that issue except affirm, 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 hormones, 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 surgery, and then surgery, surgery. we take them from their parents. And then if their parents disagree, we take them away. It's just, it's absolutely insane. And then, um, yeah. yeah, and in fact, the abortion bills we talked about, we didn't even get a chance to talk about how those bills are also related to, uh, you know, the, this this issue. Yeah, there's of, so of much more in all of these yeah. bills. We're just hitting the low points, I want to say, right, of them. Right. We're hitting some of the main things. There's a lot to unpack. We'll have our uh, acting director of policy on to talk more about them. We'll have Renee Carlson of our True North Legal Initiative on to talk about these. They are our legal experts. They're our legislative experts. They are awesome. And so we will have them on to unpack these in detail. But we yeah. wanted to let you guys know these things are coming. Pro Act is already here. They're voting on it today. So by the time you're listening to this, you know how the vote went. And we'll be waiting to hear when the Senate vote happens. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it could probably happen as early as next week. Could it happen on Friday because they uh, there, I, I've heard a rumor okay. that it could happen tomorrow but yeah. I, I'm think I'm my money's on next week probably next uh, week yeah but Grace let's not yep. end on this note let's talk about the positive the wins change. the positives yeah yeah so want to focus on the positives with MFC briefly again our pol- acting director of policy has been at every single committee hearing about these things she's been coordinating with her allies getting the best people to spearhead the fight um, and Renee Carlson of True North Legal has done the exact same thing she's been awesome she did an amazing testimony yesterday i believe it was yesterday right moses yes. against proact dynamite testimony we follow us it on social media and that will also yes. be in the uh, show notes yep follow us at mn family council on instagram it's posted there it's blasted everywhere on our social she did an amazing job testifying um and so they're they're just totally killing it at the capitol the church ambassador network is also at the capitol now they're not lobbying but they are praying for legislators yeah. they are there bringing the gospel to our legislators because that's what they really need right now because our capital is surrounded in darkness it seems like it's very surrounded in darkness. Of course, God's presence is there, but there's just so much heaviness happening right now, so many terrible bills being pushed that they need to hear the gospel more than ever. And that is what CAN is doing, the Church Absolutely. Ambassador Network. Absolutely. And, and I would say, let's not ever discount that. Like, if you're mm-hmm. listening, watching this podcast, maybe you're kind of a political animal, like Grace and I are, but let's remember <laughs> that prayer changes hearts. Prayer changes yes. minds. So, And the gospel changes hearts. Yes. So when we talk about the pastors coming and the pastor's praying and the pastor's sharing the gospel, that's not an afterthought. That's not secondary to what we do. It's not secondary to our lobbying work. It is, in many ways, our primary work. And we're bringing the gospel to bear is at least as effective as this, as all the testifying and the action alerts and all the other things of the the way that we're marshalling our forces uh, and being a voice for pro-family Minnesotans. We're doing all those things, but bringing pastors to the Capitol 
and having them pray with legislators, having them open the word, that's one of the most powerful things we can do. And we're Absolutely. so excited to be part of that. Prayer is action, period. Um, the president of my school, I go to Bethlehem College in Minneapolis, and Joe Rigney is the president. He did a chapel message on this yesterday, and he said, prayer is action. Amen. And I thought that was so good. It was so well done. And speaking of my school, there is an amazing community right now. This is just one example of communities that are springing up throughout Minnesota in taking in just response to this, this this terrible agenda and especially pro act right now one example um I, there's a pro-life club at my school it's going awesome there's so many students involved and passionate but we've so much so much of the student body is actually fasting right now as we speak they're fasting they're praying right now they start at 12 they're going going to be going for another 35 minutes they're fasting um due to this bill and they're just crying out to god because again prayer is action that's the number one thing that all of us should be doing and so it's been amazing to see them become so passionate about this life and death issue and that's one example that's just in my circles there are christians all over the state that are rising up that are praying that are speaking up boldly about these issues and you guys should too Absolutely. So thank you so much for joining us for this special episode, inaugurating season three, bringing you these crucial and very timely updates uh, so that you can uh, get the facts, stand for truth on life, family, religious freedom. This is Moses Bradford and Grace Evans from Minnesota Family Council. We're so excited that you're joining us for another season. So much fun content, incredible, uh, incredibly timely updates coming to your inbox every week. Uh, and also, um, uh, if you subscribe on email, but also remember, uh, hit us, hit us up on anchor, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, YouTube and Instagram, uh, Instagram, we share short clips all the time. YouTube, we share the full length episodes, um, on video and of course, podcast platforms. You can get the audio, make your commute a better time with the family beacon podcast. And with that, I'll leave you Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to or watching this episode of the Family Beacon Podcast from Minnesota Family Council. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you're up to date on life, family, and religious freedom. You can follow us on Instagram at MN Family Council and subscribe to us on YouTube to watch our content. Get the facts, stand for truth. Mm-hmm.